So the card that we picked this morning is forgiveness. Forgiveness is overlooking mistakes and letting go of resentments. Forgiveness frees us from the needless pain of reliving a hurt over and over. <clears throat> forgiveness doesn't make a wrong choice right. It brings the generosity of spirit to release it. Forgiveness can heal even the most grievous offense. It brings a blessed opportunity for a clean start. Accepting divine forgiveness transforms our hopeless guilt into resolve. Self-forgiveness moves us forward, ready to do things differently with compassion for ourselves and faith that we can change. Forgiveness opens the door of hope. Robert H. Goddard. Resolve to be tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant with the weak and wrong. Sometime in your life, you will have been all of these. The practice of forgiveness. I overlook mistakes. I free myself from pain and resentment. I am willing to heal the past. I find it in my heart to give others another chance. I use guilt only as a signal for change. I accept divine redemption. I have the power to change for the better. I am thankful for the gift of forgiveness. It lightens my spirit. I'm really feeling a tightness in my throat and I can hear my voice is coming out sounding strange. So please forgive that. Um, Barbara, how is forgiveness speaking to you? Wow. Uh, considering the conversation we just had um, leading up to recording this morning, I hear such... Uh, opportunity for the world, for me, for us, um, for the intention of uh, moving through part of our conversation. <clears throat> I'll just sort of summarize, you know, this idea that it's very difficult to um, call somebody to account when there's no boundaries outlining what the expectations are. So to hold someone accountable for the outcome without providing a rubric to observe what's happening uh, it's really unfair and it's very um, uh, it, it's twisted in a way because it creates this scenario where uh, the justice is is taken off course so um, so forgiveness becomes very uh, enmeshed in truth. If if you know, I remember being a, a little a little girl who had an experience. I was trying to share what my experience was with the adults at lunch, and they didn't believe me. 
and I was scolded and sent to my room for telling lies, for telling lies, not, not stories, not the truth of my experience, but I was sent to my room for telling lies. And no one ever did believe my experience. Uh, so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about is when there's no, uh, when there's nothing in place to identify the injustice, to be able to see it properly, when there's no mirror to hold up so that we can see the reflection of how it appears, um, then, then forgiveness is, um, um, in my mind, almost intangible. I don't know how, or maybe it just means there's a different path to get to forgiveness. It's a, it's a different path. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like I've had to forgive a lot of people in my life and I've had to ask for forgiveness. And, um, and there are, you know, there's, there's a couple of people where I, 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 I don't, I've come to terms with uh, the experience, but I don't think I can forgive. So, you know, it's a very complicated, um, it's, it's very complicated and it's, it's completely enmeshed with um, the justice peace if if you know and and I recognize right now you know it's the um the third of November and variables are that lead us to forgiveness all the paths that get us to forgiveness and 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 take them one at a time if we have to um you know, and then go back to ground zero and start again on a different path so we can get, try and, and clear all of the rubble that's in the way um, in, in all of the different paths that, that will lead us ultimately to uh, forgiveness and peace. Um, Yeah, and you know, there are times where I thought in my life that I, I had forgiven a particular individual and then something crops up and I recognize, no, uh-uh, that's, that's just a lie I convinced myself to believe. So, you know, then, then there's all of that and trying to really suss out the truth of the experience so that I can get to... Um, you know, some kind of understanding um, of what I need for forgiveness or what I need to do to get there. So that's me. I have spoken. And I have heard, what I've heard, what I'm hearing in, in what you're sharing is, is a deep understanding 
that forgiveness is a multi-layered uh, consideration it's, and, and that uh, there's not just one right path to get there. Um, and then maybe it's not a once and done either. Um, that sometimes one thinks one has forgiven and then something will come up to make one discern that there's still more layers to that forgiveness. So excellent discernment. Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. How about for you? What's, uh, mm. what's coming at you today? Well, that first sentence, forgiveness, is overlooking mistakes and letting go of resentment. So right there is a two-step process. Um, and a lot of times I think that it, I'm learning, you know, like I think in the 12-step um, programs, they talk about um, let it begin with me. Um, and in readings I've done from the Dalai Lama and many, all the different spiritual um, spiritual uh, disciplines I and religions, they all have it somewhere in there about, you know, why bother with the log and another's eye or just why bother, don't be concerned with the speck in another's eye. Um, look at the log in your own, that kind of a thing. So again, it's always let it begin with me. And, and um, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And so, you know, looking at our own mistakes um, and seeing them rather than mistakes in a really heavy duty negative way is that I, I, I love the rewording of things, the teachable moments. Unfortunately, I think over time, teachable moments will become as laden because <laughs> we tend to do that with language, as laden with guilt as, as the word mistakes does, which, you know, basically a miss of a take. It, it you know, but we've, we've laden that word itself it's with it's not okay to make mistakes. Well, wait a minute. Yes, you know, I took a shot and I didn't quite make it. But that's how we grow and develop. Like the, that's part of the growth and development. Um, so, you know, I, I think about um, sports for kids and the developmental lessons that are in there. You know, you were talking about having needing boundaries, needing to know what the rubrics are. So, how many of our sports activities and what have you have have a target, a goal, something that you can see clearly? I need to get myself or this object from here to over there and if I get it between those goal posts or I get it in that basket or you know it's very clear what it is to succeed you know um, that's a way of learning however <clears throat> it's a way of learning what it is to set a target develop the skills and capacities to be able to reach that target but how well do we do at helping people learn that that's not the end goal of the whole exercise is to be able to be really, really good to take this ball and get it in that basket. That that's a way 
that we don't take that and, and help them understand that this, you see the steps that you took to be able to do that are the same kind of steps. It's a metaphor, you know, it's an analogy, however you want to express it for developing one's capacity to set a goal and then to recognize what skills one has to develop on the way in order to reach that. Um, we don't necessarily make those uh, connections clear for young people as, as they mature. Um, so just as at some point we have to realize that, you know, the fairy tales um, are wonderful stories, but they have messages within them that can be understood at various levels based on maturity, you know, as, as we mature physically, as we mature mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that we can't stay stuck in our understanding of them that we had when we were six or five, you know, that uh, you can look at things in a whole different way. So that how do we, how do I, and then this is one of my challenges in life is letting go of the resentments I have that some of that knowledge was locked up in, in um, you know, the ivory towers of, of universities and depending on the university that you went to um, again you would learn different truths different understandings of how the world works and um, and that uh, you know in some places you're taught that when at all costs is the right attitude and in other places you're you're taught that if if you cheat and you lie and you steal and you're hurting others then you don't win really right that's not what winning is all about good sportsmanship is the right attitude or whatever there are places where they're taught that that's yeah that's what we teach those people so we can win but the real secret is you just go for the gold for yourself so again this recognition that um for me to let go of the resentments that i wasn't properly prepared to defend myself against people who are hurtful people who purposely ignore, um, you know, that uh, winning is everything at all costs and it doesn't matter who you take down or take out as long as you get your own way. And so for me, that's a hard one. And at the age of 70, um, I have to say that I'm getting more into a place of having the generosity of spirit to release those kinds of things and to release my and to forgive my naivety my my unwillingness to let go of some of my innocence to accept that um different people do things differently and that and to understand that that's what they learned. That's what they were taught. And, um, and that, you know, just like I learned to tie my shoes, to be able to keep my shoes on my feet, you know, to use an analogy or a metaphor, some people only learned Velcro. 
And that doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just a different way of learning to be in the world. And that, that does open the door of hope for me that just as often as there are people who are learning to still learn how to tie their, their own shoes, um, you know, for all the people that are learning Velcro, it, 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 to use Velcro open fastenings, it doesn't, it, both, both have their place, both have their purpose. And um, yeah, accepting divine forgiveness transforms our hopeless guilt into resolve. Um, I think that at this point, I'm the resolve that I have is to increase my level my capacity to uh, overlook mistakes and let go of resentments. Um, I've gotten better at doing it within myself, for myself, and now it's to extend it outward more um, into the world. Yeah. So, and for all the projects that are going on in the world as we all work together to try to make the world a better place and we're all standing in a different place so have different perspectives of what that means and what that looks like so to find the hope in that and i'm i'm of the age now where i would be considered you know coming into agedness at the age of 70 so huh, to have people be compassionate with the age that's very self-centered um, and to remember to be tender with the young So that's me and forgiveness today. Well, thank you, Linda. I'm hearing such a generosity of, I'm, I'm gonna say peace and serenity in all of that. Um, there's, there's just this clear um, understanding of where you're at and an, and an acceptance of that and and i hear that acceptance you know the inner struggle is is not there so yeah i want to honor you for i think you're um all of those virtues plus <clears throat> i guess the wisdom to um, be. Thank you, Barbara. One of the things that I would share with people in, when I did workshops and what have you is to understanding that, you know, a mistake, it's you know, in Hollywood and it always looks perfect when it comes out on the screen or the stories always look perfect when you read them and that a lot of editing goes on, a lot of retakes go on. And so we are allowed retakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always happen with the first shot at something. Mm -hmm. Rarely happens with the first shot at, one thing, at anything. And that it's important to realize that the way things are done, um, 
I've seen it over my lifetime, you know, golf pros have changed the way they do their swing or the way they jump over the bar and in high jump and what have you. Different people come into the, these sports, these public activities that we see, and they change things over the years. And as they change things, the bar has been higher, the, the level of performance has increased. So again, for people my age to remember, it's not just to always do it the way it's always been done. To have an openness to that there can be new twists to things. Sure. Sometimes it's a little tweak. Sometimes it's a major change. But yeah. change is necessary for things to mm -hmm. and go in different directions. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. I think it speaks to, you know, the whole shift that's happened with COVID over the last six months, uh, you know, in and of itself, the whole entire education and communication forum shifted from in-person, one-on-one or sorry, in group settings to online and, and group meetings. And, you know, from the human resources policies that had to shift and quick thinkers on, you know, how to put in place the protocols necessary for people to do those work, those things online. Even companies in the past that hadn't allowed their workers to work online made accommodations in order to, um, you know, move forward because we lost the ability to um, do this work in a normal way so it's so the the disruption forced the the the, the bloom and uh and there was some backlash and there was some issues and there still are and privacy and you know people getting links and dropping in doing terrible things um all of those things are being worked out. So it's like the evolution is constant and evolving. Um, and it, it's kind of an, you know, in, in all of the, the chaos and darkness, it's an exciting time to be alive in the light. Uh, so very, uh, I'm very glad and grateful that uh, forgiveness, it's probably not the first thing on people's minds. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and as you were just sharing, I was thinking too how, how it's showing us how people my age who so all the jokes are made that, you know, can't teach old dogs new tricks and, and you know, we're so resistant to technology and there's still some that are really hold, holding on to the old ways. Um, but more and more of us are learning more and more about using technology and, and opening that door, that scary, scary door, mm. so that we can still participate. And at the same time, the world is also seeing how many young people still do get together, still do want to be in person socializing. They're not just locked up in their living rooms. And not just young people, but yes. Yeah, the young people, that's what I mean. How many? No, not just young people, oh. I mean. Yeah. People but, in general. But the criticism that has been laid out, that's made often by people in, you know, older 
people saying that the young people today, all they want to do is sit in their room and play their video games or be on their, their devices. They don't even go out anywhere. Well, they are. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it's opportunities like this crisis is actually giving us an opportunity to see things differently and get out of our locked in mindsets and generalizations about who, who those people are who are not us. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like it's to break down some of those stereotypes in our minds. So opportunities always are there. Um, what is that? The, that every, every challenge is also an opportunity. Every crisis is also an opportunity. Mm. So this crisis is providing us so many opportunities mm -hmm. as well. Mm, that's so true. And, you know, you know what the difficulty is in crisis? Like, one of us can't be in crisis. Mm. Like, if, if both of us are in crisis or if all of us are in crisis, um, it's, it's very challenging. So having and finding people to help ground us in reality and bring us out of crisis mindset, I think is, it's, it's super important. And it, it seems really frivolous at this time. You know, people are, when I was at the lake recently, I was doing a lot of art and, and, um, you know, there was a, a little bit of judgment around that. And, and I think I judged myself more than ever. I was projecting this idea that I was so privileged in my life that I can just spend time doing art. And, and there was some guilt in that, a lot of guilt, actually, that I was trying to um, be comfortable with, but recognize that that's where I was at with it. And, um, and so, you know, just recognizing too, for me that, you know, we're in a time of healing. Yes, we are in a generation uh, which has evolved out of terrible, terrible times, hard times, we're in a different place. Um, and, you know, just on All, All Hallows Eve, I was, you know, communing with my ancestors in meditative ceremony and really getting in touch with my privilege. And I was weeping because I recognized that I'm living the dream that all of the women along the lineage of my life have dreamed of. And here I am in the time, like we are in times where consciousness is required and um, I've been hustling while I wait all my life in some ways so um, here we are you know and we talked you talked earlier about your uh, this newfound appreciation you have for um, uh, the freedom of time as opposed to being bound by time is you know letting God letting go and letting grace 
um, happen so that we, we let go of our own expectations around time. So it's just all of these things um, are coming together in ways that I had only, I, I dreamed of, but um, here I am. It's, and here we are. So I'm grateful uh, for your company and your wisdom and your um, uh, courage to bear witness to your own journey and to mine. And, um, and I'd like to, you know, ask for forgiveness ahead of time <laughs> for anything I might do to f*** it up. So there we go. Oh, thank you, Barbara, and, and equally back from me that my gratitude for um, your presence in my life, the presence of the, the group that we have, the How Are You Really circle that's been going on for over 10 years now. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful because it's really allowed me to have the opportunity. It's provided the opportunity to work through, to share our understandings, to do these picks, to deepen with each other and to grow together. Um, but we're all like different plants in the garden. You know, some of us are younger, some of us are older. We're, mm -hmm. we're in different ages and phases, different life uh, situations, experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and we've learned so much from each other and from ourselves mm -hmm. coming together in this opportunity. So um, the Mindful Musing podcasts have come out of that. Barbara's mm -hmm. work, our work on this is our intention is to share partially with people what it looks like, what it allows, the mm -hmm. types of introspection and learnings, uh, grasping of our teachable moments. And I don't mean grasping as in clinging to or desperate, <laughs> but to understanding, to getting in touch with, yeah, to picking, to, to being able to go out and, and pick the fruits of our wisdom gained through our, our life experiences and teachable moments. And so we are um, now going on with our earlier plan before we did came up with Mindful Musing podcast because of the COVID um, to in invite people to online, how are you really circles um, because we can't meet in person. So we're providing them online and we'll be giving courses and please check out the calendar uh, we invite you to join us and uh, yeah, go to synergy, et cetera, dot CA. Yeah. For Canada. Yeah. And uh, find out about it. Yeah. Registration is opening uh, soon and we're signing up for January startup for 2021. So um, leave us an email. We'll be happy to send you the information. Yeah, register up. Yeah. So thank you, Linda. Thank you, Barbara. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Be well. <laughs>